Hello, and welcome to Forward Church Online. In this weekly podcast, we hope that you'll have an encounter with God through inspired teaching and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I just believe that tonight we're going to unlock and deal with an issue that a lot of you may not even know that you have. Um, You've been dealing with, and tonight we're going to put a name on it, um, and we're going to help you stop doing it. Say, I got to stop doing it. But I don't know what it is. Hold on, we're getting there. Somebody's thinking, what are you talking about? It's the title of tonight's message, and it's simply this. We're going to leave normal behind and get weird. Turn your neighbor and tell them it's time for you to get weird. Miss Ruth, it's time for you to get weird. It's time to get weird. I mean, you, in high school, if our student, I really wish our students were here tonight, but they're going to Family Springs to be a part of some, some more uh, student ministries tonight. But they know what it's like to be weird. They, they walk down their hallways at school and they see weird people. Why do they want to be weird? Well, because they want to stand out. They want to be different. But when we come into the church, we all have to have the same haircut. We have to have the same dress. And we, have, and we want to look like everybody else. But God never called us to look normal. He called us to be weird. Did you hear that? God never called us to be normal. He called us to be weird. So if some of you are like, you're weird. You're crazy. I, I don't understand some of the stuff. And, and, and it's, not, it's, it's not for you anyway. It's not even for you to understand. If you're trying to understand it, then you, your mind's not concentrating on what it's supposed to be concentrating on. And that's Jesus Christ. Amen? So the first thing that we want to we understand is this. Uh, If you're taking notes, some of these will be up on the screen for you. The first thing you need to understand and realize is this, that outside influence affects inside decisions. Outside influence affects inside decisions. Let me fix this. I just, I refuse to have distractions. Outside influence affects inside or internal decisions. An example of this is Cheryl Pruitt. Anybody know who Cheryl Pruitt is? She was your typical... Um, some of you may remember, the adults are going to remember as I, as I go a little deeper on this. She was your typical all-American teenage girl, but as she was a young girl, uh, her father owned a farm. He raised animals, etc., and, and they had a general store out on the front part of the farm. It was a very large farm, but out on the front part, they had a general store. And so in the afternoon, she would help her dad in the store stocking things and stuff like that. And the milkman would come by. Now, this is how old it is. So some of you aren't even really going to remember. I don't even really remember, just to be honest with you. But that's when the milkman came and delivered, I, from what I'm told. In the glass uh, thing. I, I've never seen one. I saw them in an antique store, but I've never seen one that actually had real milk in it. Um, but, but the milkman would come to drop off uh, the milk, and he'd always pat her on the head, and he'd say, there's my, there's my little Miss America. There's my little princess. There's my sweetheart. Every time he would see her, he'd, the first thing, he'd always say, there's my, little, there's my little Miss America. Well, he would do this every week, and he came to drop off, that he came to drop off the milk, and what was merely a statement and a nice gesture, some of us would say, turned into a goal, and then it became a dream and a passion for her. And then in 1980, she became Miss America. There she is, Miss Cheryl Pruitt. How, how many ever remember seeing her? Dad went half mass. He's like, I'm not going all the way. Yes. He recognized who she was. But during her acceptance speech, this was you know this is when they're you know they're they're doing not the pretty cry. This is when they're doing you know you, you just became Miss America. And that's the time you're supposed to have your composure. And I don't think back then they had the waterproof mascara, so you know it would it looked like Niagara Falls on a real bad day. Um, but in her acceptance speech, 
she thanked two people first. God and the milkman. Outside influence has huge ramifications. Huge ramifications of, in, of our inside decisions. Outside influence affects inside decisions. If you brought your Bibles with you tonight, turn with me. Let's go to Matthew. We're going to go to a few books in the Bible. But the first one's going to be Matthew chapter 7. Uh, verse 13. I'm going to read this in the uh, NIV first and move to the message translation back to back. And we'll have this on the screen for you as well. So Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. Somebody say, outside influence, outside influence. Will, affect will affect my inside decisions. See, that's why I wish our students were here because they need to know that who you hang around with and who you allow to whisper things in your ear and who you allow, that's why it's important. And I, and I, and I fall short. I'm not the perfect dad. Uh, and we've got three daughters. Um, you know, I should be going in her room every, every, every morning and, and working that, that thing saying, um, hello, Miss Billionaire. You know, uh, I want to be a billionaire. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I should be working that just to see how that turns out. But, but outside influence affects our inside decisions. Somebody said, he done brought Bruno Mars up in the church. And some of you don't even know who Bruno Mars is. That's okay. Um, Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. Everybody say, wide gate. gate. Broad Broad road. It will lead to destruction, and many enter through it. Verse 14, but small is the gate, and narrow the road. Say, small gate. Narrow road that leads to life, and only few find it. What he's saying here is this. The majority of the people on this broad road, or the wide road that is leading their life, that, 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 that the road that they're on is leading them to destruction. The enticing endangerment here is this. It's normal, it's accepted, and everybody's doing it. That's the, that's the broad road. That's the wide road. Every, it's, it's, it's so enticing because it, it seems normal. Remember, God never called us to be normal. He called us to be weird. He called us to be weird. And I get it. There's not a lot of preachers who are preaching on how hard it is to live a life for Christ. Not a lot of, not a lot of preachers. It's, it's always, I can do all things through Christ. And you can. But let's talk about the nuts and bolts. And let's face it, life can be hard sometimes. And we do make stupid, jacked-up decisions. He gave us a free will, and we make those. And sometimes we go back and go, man, I wish I would have had a a, a different change. Perhaps it was a result of the outside influence that that you and I had. I can promise you this, though. For me, I would rather live with him than without him every day of my life. I said this, uh, and if you were here when we first moved back in January, I would rather spend the rest of my life trusting God every day than to have stayed in a place that was my comfort zone and missed Him without Him. I'm not saying that because I made the decision He would have up and left me, but it goes a whole lot easier, a lot smoother when you make decisions, life-altering decisions that are based on Jesus Christ. Here's what each of us need to think about tonight, and it's this. If your life is pretty normal, if you're you're pretty much like everybody else, this is the question you ask yourself. Do I have a normal life? Am I like everybody else? Um, Do I dress like everybody else? Am I living like everybody else? Is the pattern of my life match 
those people that I work with, do I, do I pretty much just blend in and look like typical American family or American teenager or American student or, 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 or what, wherever you lie or fall on the spectrum tonight? Do you kind of go to the places that everybody else goes to? Do you listen to what they listen to? Do you watch what they watch? You don't really stand out. You kind of just do everything the crowds do. You usually don't disagree with what everyone else is doing. You just go along with what everyone else is doing. If that describes you, then it's a great possibility that you are on the broad road. So see, tonight's going to be more of a teaching night. I know a lot of times I'm all over the stage and all those things, and, and I wouldn't care about the knee situation. I'd still do that. But I really feel like tonight's going to be more of a teaching, a teaching night because I think it's something, because a lot of times you can get caught up in the hype and the funny jokes and all those things, and you can really miss the substance. And it is the substance of God that's going to change our lives. For us to go, am I, am I, am I, do I look like everybody else or do I stand out? Again, he wants you to stand out. He didn't call you to be normal. I'm going to keep saying that because it hit me. He didn't call me just to be the typical preacher or a typical dad or a typical uh, leader or, or, or person or, or whatever role I find myself in or he finds me to be. He wants me to be weird in everything that I do. I need to stand out. I need to draw attention, not to myself, but that people see something different in me so that I can point them to Christ and quickly move out of the way. Because a lot of times you get in that thing and once the eyes get there, you go, yeah, you're supposed to be looking at him, but doesn't it feel good? Don't I look good doing it? See, I want to quickly move out of the way. I want to, I want to be normal. I want to be weird. So in this series, so what we're going to do is this Wednesday night and next Wednesday night, and I hope you'll come back next Wednesday, I want us to examine our lives just as I have examined mine this week through this process of which road are we living which road are we living? Somebody said, well, you're, you're a pastor, and, and, and you can take the title away, but you, you, you're on a platform, and you're leading us, and so, so you should automatically be on that narrow road. Not necessarily. There are pastors in America and around the world today who potentially could be finding themselves on the narrow road because they, they would rather be normal, what normal preachers should be, instead of being weird, standing out. Okay? Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. I didn't. While you're turning there, I want to. I want to go back. While you're turning to First Peter two eleven, back to Matthew says, "Don't look for shortcuts to God. The market is flooded with surefire, easygoing formulas for a successful life that can be practiced in your spare time. Don't fall for that stuff. Even though crowds of people do, the way of life to God is vigorous and requires total attention. Total attention. That's the part that got me. Was it requires." My total and undivided attention. I cannot be sidetracked. It is very dangerous to be sidetracked by the things of this world. Or, and you say, well, I'm not into sin. I'm not, into those I'm not saying that you are. But, it, but the enemy can use even religious stuff to cause us to be sidetracked from where we really need to be. Or maybe just stall us. Because see, he knows he has, doesn't really have any power unless we give it to him. So his only power is if he can put a roadblock or something in our way to cause us to put the brakes on, we just won't get there as fast as we were supposed to. And if we hang out long enough, we may never get to the destination. Dangerous place. First Peter chapter 2, verse 11. This is going to be in the message translation. First Peter chapter 2. Friends, this, this world is not your home, so don't make yourselves cozy in it. Don't indulge your ego at the expense of of your soul. 
Don't indulge your ego at the expense of your soul. Again, God, God didn't call us to be normal. He didn't call us to fit in. So the question tonight is this. Why does a lot of our lives look like everybody else's? Because if I was to do a poll, I would pretty much say most of us typically, me included, our family included, look like everybody else. Let's just park right here for just a moment. Let me unpack this thing. And let's talk about relationships just for a moment. I won't stay there long. And I'm not necessarily referring to marriage. I'm referring to single. I'm referring to dating. I'm referring to relationships. I'm referring to guys with guys hanging out, fishing, whatever, whatever you do to hang out. Relationships, okay? So it's, it's across the board. Why is it, though, that people who are married or dating or even single... This is just an example. Their Facebook status is still showing it's complicated. Now, for those of you who aren't Facebook savvy, what I'm referring to is you can put a, a status of where you are in life or a status of your relationship. I'm married. I'm single. I'm dating. I'm in a relationship with whoever. But you can also do the side note and say whatever that relationship is, it's complicated. Have you ever noticed that? Why do they do that? Well, the reason they do that, here's why. Because they bought into the normal way of being married. It's complicated. They, they, they bought into the normal way of, 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 of being in a relationship. It's complicated. It's kind of weird. Can't really explain it. It's just a small example of why we all look the same. Why, why we all have to. It's because we bought into what the world says is normal. I'll give you an example. What, what, what's... what's What's normal look like? What does normal sound like? This is what normal sounds like. That's my wife. Everybody knows that's my wife over there. She, to me, is the hottest woman in the room. Normal says, that's my old lady. Normal says, that's just my baby's mama. Now, granted, she's not old. If there's anybody old in the relationship, that is me. That would be moi. Okay, she is much younger than I. That's very noticeable. Uh, and yes, she is the mother of my children, but she is not my old lady, and that's not my baby's mama. Okay, um, so 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 that's that's normal, but it's not acceptable to me. Okay, I don't approve of that. So I said, "What are you talking about?" I'm, I'm I'm saying this. I've got a I've got a hot I got a hot wife. I mean, I mean, this is this is. I said I wasn't gonna get animated, but it's not normal for for men to check out their wives. That's not normal. Amy now this week has started going to the gym with me, and and to me that's cool because now I get to show off what I'm doing, and and I get to check out what she's doing, and and that's not normal. It's not normal for men to check out their wives. It would be normal in society for men to check out. I didn't say slip between the sheets. I said to check out. Other ladies. But but for me, and I enjoy going shopping with her. Sometimes. And when I do, when I have those moments, I'll slip away and go to the other side of the store. And I'll get behind the racks and I'll just watch. You know why? Because she's hot. <laughs> she's sexy. You know what that means to me? That means, and somebody said, y'all, you working on brownie points trying to make up or whatever. Go, no, 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 no. No, that oven stays on 24-7. Um, so I'm not trying to, you know, turn it on and preheat and all that good stuff. Um, uh, but 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 that's not normal. But to me, it's normal for me to say, "You're beautiful. You're everything that I could have ever asked for." She's phenomenal. 
And I check her out. And that's weird to most people. And I want to be weird. I know the guys are, and I'm watching to see if the guys are checking her out because I, I, they may be bigger than me, but man, I'll take you out to the decal. I don't care. And then I got Jamie and Josh in there too with me. So, so if I can't handle it, I just call on the bigger guys to help me out. But, 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 but when they see me checking her out, it's not so much that I'm wanting them to know that you know I, she's mine. It's, it's, I know they're looking at me like, dude, that's weird. Well, I want to be weird. I, I, God didn't call me to be normal. You would never hear me say that's my old lady. I want to be weird. If I get back up out of the chair, I just give you a kiss right in church. Why? Because where do you where do you see a pastor come up the platform and kiss his wife in church? Because that's that's how I am. That's how I am on the street. That's how I'm not going to change who I am in here. And that may be weird to you, and that's okay because I'm not here to please you. I'm here to please my father. He called me to be weird, not normal. See, now it's starting to make sense why I am like I am, right? Other than the obvious, I, I, I am my father's son. But I check out my wife every day. Here's what's crazy, though. Our values are so jacked up in this country. And I wish that video would have been more clear to be able to really hear some of those things. Our values are so jacked up in this country. And in our world, we are so on a downward spiral downward spiral decline that we're now allowing the world to tell us what our values are. And here's where we've gotten out of balance. We've mistaken acceptance for approval. So I say, what are you talking about? Listen, I can accept you for who you are and what you do, what kind of music you listen to, what you want. I can accept that, but that doesn't necessarily mean I approve of what you do. Now, now I, I, make sure that I'm communicating in love because I think a lot of times the church has communicated the love of Christ in a condescending way or looking down on. And let me tell you something. You never reach the world from up here, uh, an up here status because we've been trying to do that for years and that ain't working. Listen, I, I'm no different than that guy at this very moment. This very moment. I'm no different than that guy walking in Walmart across the street. I'm not any different. There is no big sins or little sins with God. It's just as big a sin for me to talk about my brother behind his back as it is for me to put a gun to his head and pull the trigger. There's no, there's no big sin to little sin to God. Oh, uh, what, did you hear about what happened to sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so and, and what he did to her? Let's just have a prayer meeting. And maybe God will tell us who he cheated on her with. Gossiping is the same as taking and lining them, them up and just target practice and shooting. It's the same. There is no big sin. You may not be out there in the club, in the strip club, or, 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 or tuned into pornography, but you have an issue with gossiping talking about your brother. Or, or even if it's not your brother in Christ, it's the person down the street. Because if the people you work with, they hear you talk about other people... You've already jacked up your, 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 your reputation and your ability through Christ to lead them to him. Because they're like, if, if that's what Christianity looks like, I've got closer friends and closer homies who ain't going to do that, and you're supposed to be setting an example. No, thank you. You just turned normal. When we're supposed to be weird. What are you talking about? Christians are quick to judge. Quick to judge. We'll never reach the world. 
through that kind of a that kind of an attitude, that kind of spirit. And to the world, that's what they that's what we produce. That's the mantra we as the church have set up. That's the that's the culture that we've cultivated. We have made that. And it's time. When I said it's time for the church to stay, it's time for us to take back and undo some of the crazy thinking that we put out there for people. It's it, perception. It's time for us to it's time for us to take that back. Amen. And the only way we're going to do it is to identify which road we're on. And, and let me tell you something. You can you can quickly jump off that that fast track. And let me tell you something. Have you ever been to an airport and they have those they have those conveyor? It's almost like a um, escalator, but it's a sidewalk. It's a moving sidewalk. That's kind of like the narrow, uh, uh, the wide road. It's easy. You don't even have to. There is no effort. I love in an airport when you've got a lot of luggage, especially traveling with a, a, a family of cheerleaders that I have, half a cheerleader squad. When you're traveling, I love that because you can just sit there and let that thing move. You don't even have to do anything. Hey, how you? I got your wife, whatever, be weird. But you can quickly jump, because they don't even put a railing. You can quickly move from that moving sidewalk over to the other. And that's how fast we can jump. If you feel like tonight you're on that easy road, that, that wide road, and you, and you say, you know what, I, yeah, that's me. You can, you can make a change just like that, just that quick. Because it, it's important that we recognize where we are. So that we can then see where other, we got to get, you can't, God can't use you to help draw other people until you draw yourself. <laughs> until you get into his presence. We must be tied to our own value system. I know when I went, went, went to work for Intercall, they gave you two weeks to memorize this long paragraph of what, a, of what a value system is. And so my question is to you, what is your value system? What are your personal values? Are your values lined up with what the world says is standard and okay? Or are your values counter to counter to what the world says? The world, I want to make sure I hit some of these things. The, world, the world's mistaken value system exposes the massive roadblock. To the road to weird. We've got to get on the road to weird. We've got to get off that easy road and get on the other road that's going to cause us to apply ourselves and be responsible and be accountable for things. But there's a roadblock, and what is it? It's the need to please. The need to please. We see it in our relationships with people we work with. We see it in our relationships at home. We see it in the church. The need to please. The problem with being a people pleaser is you can't please everyone and your relationships will constantly struggle, especially your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're constantly trying to please other people, and I've been a part of those ministries where, where we're, we're not going to, and it's not here, but we're not going to say things because we got to please the big check writer. That doesn't make me nervous to say that because I'd rather say take your check and go somewhere else because if, that, if you're trying to run the church through your pen, it's not here. But see, I've been a part of those ministries where we, we, we can't do that and, and we can't sing that song. And, 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 and I, I struggle with this almost every Sunday. And after doing some studying for this series, I was like, God, forgive me. Even Sunday morning because there were some people here and, and, I, and I knew we were getting ready to do that new song. Oh, my gosh. The head banging. I was like, they're not going to they're, they're gonna be offended. That's the, that's the only thing I can say. I even looked at my mom and said, it's going to be, it's gonna, I, I'm nervous. And so the whole time I'm eyeing, I'm not trying not to look in the direction where they were sitting because you're going to be like, who's he talking about? But the whole time I'm like, I don't, because I, I don't want to offend anybody. 
But if I if I lessen who God created me to be and, and lessen and cheapen who God called me to be, then I, I'm I'm on the normal I'm on the normal I'm not weak. Not everybody's going to love you. Not everybody's going to accept you. But you're not looking for their love and their acceptance. You're looking for God's approval and love and acceptance. Everybody's not going to like you. So, so I'm exposing my own genuineness to say, I struggle that on Sunday mornings. And I, and, and my thing, I put my foot down. Not anymore. God, forgive me. I will sing the songs that, that you, and, and somebody said, well, how do you pick the songs? Well, I, I go into my prayer closet and say, God, what, this is, how, this, is how, this is how I define this. God, what are the words that you want me to put into the bride's mouth to tell you seven days from now? I don't just pick songs. They're in the same key. So it's cool how that happens sometimes. But I, I said, God, because I'm putting words in your mouth that you're telling. It's not even that you're expressing it to us. I'm putting words in your mouth for you to tell your heavenly father in just a few moments of our corporate worship. And if I, call, if I put the wrong words in your mouth and that's not what he wants to hear, then I'm drawing the attention back to myself. And then I put you into a kinky relationship with your creator. So it's important. It's important that we stay in tune and become and be all that God has called us to be. Sounds like I'm doing an army commercial. All that God's called us to be. The problem started, and, I, and I'm very attentive with time, and we'll, we'll break this off and we'll come back next week. Are you getting anything out of this? Am I, because because I, I think we all struggle with, am I on the narrow road or the, uh, 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 or the wide road? And am I a people pleaser? I think every one of us in here, could, would, would, if we were honest, would say, I, at some point, whatever level you're at, have found myself to be a people pleaser. Some of you... You can't even say no to your job. Hey, we work extra hours. Yes, I will. Because you don't want to upset people. I'm going to blow your mind when we get on down to this on, on how dangerous it is and what Scripture says about being a people pleaser. But it started from the very beginning in the garden where, where God created man. God created him in his image. He put, he put him in his presence. He walked with Adam every day. The Bible says in Genesis Adam yields to the will of God, and then he gives him a job. And after he does this, he looks at Adam and says, it's not good for man to be alone. And all the men in the church said, amen. So ladies, there's a message right there. If you're single, there's a message right there in that. If he's not in the image of God, if he is not in the presence of God, if he doesn't find himself in a church getting in the presence of God, if he's not yielded to the will of God, and if he don't have a job, he needs to be alone. <laughs> I'm serious. Because that's the order. Of, there's an order. If God does everything in decency and in order. He created him in his image. He put him in his presence. And Adam yielded. That's important. Because you can get in his presence. You can be in his presence and not yielded. You can walk out the same way you did when you came in. But there's, there's that key. There's, there's a two-part that he did. He created him in his image. He put him in his presence. And then there's something that we have to do. Remember what I, a few weeks ago I preached something about? It's your move. God, God will if I will. Well, if Adam didn't yield, he, he might have been alone. Matter of fact, it might have just been us guys hanging out. There might not have been no females down here. But there was something that Adam had to do, and he yielded himself. So, so Adam and Eve get together, and, and you all know the story. She ate the fruit. She fed him the fruit. He tries to blame her for feeding him the fruit. 
It's that woman's fault. It's that old lady's fault. But in Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, I've heard this story all my life as growing up in church, but I never saw this one piece. Maybe you did. Maybe you're, maybe you're the scholar. And I, I'm not. I'll just take. But this is what I saw. It says, Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, if you want to write it down to, to do your homework later. It says, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. What we see here is this. Adam was standing right there. He already knew that he wasn't supposed, wasn't supposed to have no part. He was standing right there, but he didn't say anything. He was silent. He didn't want to be weird. He didn't want to step out. He didn't want to... How many times do we not say things to our wives because we're afraid that, that it may uh, cause problems? <laughs> or we may have to buy some new um, uh, utensils and stuff for our kitchen because the kitchen's closed. I mean, to say that. I don't know how to say it without... <laughs> How many of us that sometimes we will, we will prevent ourselves from saying things because we don't want to upset somebody? Well, Adam was right there, and he knew, don't eat. And he did. He was silent. Somebody said, I can identify with that. I'm the, I'm the silent, I'm the, I'm the silent, uh, 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 silent, strong and silent type. No, you're not. You can't be both. You're either strong or you're silent. There is no strong or silent type. You're either strong or or your son. Pop culture says it's cool to be a player. This is what I want to be a player. You know, that's what pop culture says. I want to be a player. But God culture says I need to be a prayer. It's time for the men of God to get weird. And I know we fall on that crutch. I'm the, I'm the strong silent type. The big teddy bear. Stand up no, you're either strong or you're silent. God gave me this word the other day, and it said, In order to go to a level where few people have gone, you must be willing to do what few people have done. If I want to go to a place that few people have gone to, and I, whatever it is, God, God, whatever it is, we move down to God, whatever it is, I, I want to be right in the middle. But I've got to be willing, yielded, available. i, I got to say, whatever it is, I, I, sign me up. I don't even have to know the details. You just signed me up. How many, and it's not a show of hands, it's, it's inside. How many of you are willing to say, God, whatever it is you want, you sign me up. I don't have to know the details. And we are, de I'm a detailed person. If I don't know the details, you, I'm not signed up for nothing. But with God, I trust him. I have to trust him. There's some things that just happened just this week that just rocked my world. I'm like, okay, what, what's going on? I trust you. So do you trust him? In order to go where few people have gone, we've got to be willing to do what few people have ever done. That sounds like the narrow road to me. How about you? Are you willing? Are you willing? Instead of worrying about what, what's everybody going to think, what's everybody going to think about me if I stand up? How many times are there conversations going on around you in work and you just... Allow them to go on. You, what, are saying, what are you what are talking about? They're not, it doesn't involve me. No. But there should come a point where a boldness should come on. You go, no. Or, or your buddy say, hey, we're going to go to a party. You want to go to a party? No, I don't want to go to a party. You need to get emphatic. You need to get ridiculous about that. 
You need to get Josh Sullivan. No, I don't want to go to a party. People need to know where you stand. Because if you're tiptoeing around your values, they're going to run all over them. If you're tiptoeing around your values, I just don't want to upset anybody. They're going to run slap right, right over you and your values and don't care anything about it. They're going to go on to see the next person that they can pull down with them. Because they know that if, if they get around people that are up here, that they, it's very obvious where they stand. And again, I'm not saying as, as Christians, we're never going to reach them from up here, lording over them. Tell them. They know they're messed up. They know what they're doing is wrong. When we become obsessed with what people think, it's the quickest way to forget about what God thinks. When we get obsessed with what people think, in that moment, in that moment, my mind forgets about, and it's not even important what God thinks. So I should always be concerned. Soon, with God, what do you think? The enemy's always going to put those flashes there where so and so's here. What are they going to do? Man, 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 man. You've got to be willing to say yes, regardless of who's going to stand up in front of you. When we moved down here, I got Facebook messages. People saying, "We don't. You coming down here trying to change stuff that don't even ain't even broke." You've got to be willing to say, it doesn't matter who it is. You've got to be willing to say, God told me to do, this is what God's called me to do. You don't have to agree with it. Take it up with him. Same way when I was on the job as a, as a supervisor, intercall, and over all those employees. And if I made a decision, um, I didn't pull the boss card and go, well, it, it, if you don't like it, you know, he told me to do that. You don't do that kind of stuff. You've got to be assertive and understand you got to be comfortable and confident in the decision you're making instead of trying to pass the buck on somebody else. I know that kind of sounds contradictory to take it up with him, but you got to be confident in where you are in your relationship with Christ and your ears are tuned to him and you know that it's from him. And it don't matter what anybody else thinks. And I'm going to stop right here. I'm going to stop right here. I'm, I, I, there's so much more, and I, I, I hope I'm not ranting. Thanks for listening to this edition of Forward Church Online. We hope this has been a blessing in your life and that you'll share this and other great resources with your friends. We want to invite you to explore our webpage at www.myforwardchurch.org. There, you'll find online giving, church events, and so much more. Be sure to connect with us on Facebook and Twitter as there's always something happening around Forward Church. If you're ever in our area, we'd like to extend an invitation to come be a part of one of our live worship experiences. Thanks again for listening to the Forward Church online podcast. Have a great week.